0: FUR And welcome to our special one-year Faye Five from Fans anniversary show. To kick us all off, I have invited one of my favorite guests, Lily Dot.
1: Wait, i one of your favorites? Yeah.
0: Don't tell Uncle Gus. Oh. <laughs> so we are in the Plastic Microphone Studios. So we're going to do a little something different. So January 8th, 2021 will mark the one-year anniversary of the Fave Five from fans, And, yeah, huh? And so what I thought we would do is maybe have, like, our own Star Trek The Next Generation Shades of Grey episode, where instead of having to come up with all new stuff, we just kind of retrash what we had before.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so
0: that should be fine. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through all the episodes beginning with the pilot episode. Yeah. Okay, great. So, if you may remember, your Uncle Chuck and I went to the AOC studios, Mm -hmm. and we recorded just kind of like a shoot in the breeze, nothing really to talk about except talking about everything. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we talked about was that your mom was going to be on the show.
1: (laughs) Still hasn't happened yet. Nah,
0: still hasn't happened. But we did talk about that if we were going to do a show, that it would be... About our favorite Star Trek The Next Generation memories. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, got on to one of my favorites. And I'm kind of thinking that since it's never going to happen, we (laughs) can just go ahead and talk about it now.
1: Yes, let's do it.
0: All right, here we go. (laughs) But we have a lot of actually really good Star Trek memories. Uh, Oh, that's good. One of which being us every week when the show would come on singing the uh, theme Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Could not- you uh, demonstrate a little bit of that? Sure. <clears throat>
0: okay. beautiful, beautiful. Wait, beautiful. wait, I'm not finished. <laughs> okay. Da, 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 da,
2: da. <laughs> love it. Da, da, da,
0: but I think Uncle Chuck got a little bit more than he <laughs> thought he was going to get.
1: I like the part where you're like, no, I'm not finished.
0: You know, I mean, a, was, an artist has to complete.
1: Yeah, that was a beautiful song.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And I did notice in going back and listening to it, I actually used the T word a lot in that episode.
1: What's the T word?
0: Top. <gasps> I know, but I was just starting was How dare fresh you? and new. I know, right? No. Just... I mean, we don't do that anymore. How dare Unless you we're talking about like top gun or a top hat. Top dog. Top dog. That would be an yeah. excellent use.
1: Thank you. You're
0: very welcome. So, the next episode was the very first time Super Gus <laughs> came on the show. And we talked about summer camp horror movies. Ooh! I had made my list. It was really, really the first list I ever did. Yeah. And I watched some movies that I'd never watched before. And I came across a horrible movie. Ooh. And I had scratched it off my list and said, nope, nope, it's not going to happen. And then Uncle Gus came to one of his entries. No. It had a very John Carpenter the Fog feel to it. Yes. Yes. Sadly, that only lasted for about four minutes until he starts singing the song. (laughs) Oh, my God. The songs in that movie, Gus,
4: were so bad. It added to the appeal.
0: Oh, no, it didn't. I wanted they to were, appeal my ears off my face. They
4: were at camp. It was a camp song.
0: These There was nobody in that cast that was under 32 years old.
4: Yes, there was. There were little kids.
0: Oh, barely. I think they were brought in. You know.
4: Okay, maybe.
0: What were there, like seven counselors to five kids or something?
4: I'm thinking that that was the end of the camp. It
0: was. He said. That it was. It's the end at one and
4: point. And they, they were the ones that were left. Yes, yes. But
0: oh my God, I cannot believe Madman made it.
4: <laughs> oh. oh, come on, Jamie. I mean,
0: hey, it's your it's your list. Okay, it's your list, and I think we'll we'll. Uh, so, so go ahead. So tell the story. Okay. Tell the story.
1: <laughs> I wanted to appeal my ears off my face. <laughs>
0: Oh my god so one of the things was I showed I showed my list to Uncle Gus and I had written Madman the name of the movie that he liked yeah. and I had scratched it out and written like no horrible <laughs> <laughs> And one of the worst things about that whole show was the fact that like I said he's like the the old man is around the campfire telling the story and then they start singing the story like
1: if you could imagine
0: a Jason Voorhees song that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, no. <clears throat> Didn't like it. Didn't like,
1: like is, it. was it about the serial killer? Yes, it was. It was about okay.
0: Mad,
4: Mad I would Mars. like,
1: if, let's, let's just imagine that this was real life. I'd like to meet the person in charge who allowed a bunch of these children to be singing a song about a murderer. I
0: know. It was crazy. It was crazy. But, you know, you'd think the counselors, because they were like in their 30s probably by this. I mean, you know, they were still in college, but. Yeah. <laughs> So bad, TP's belt
5: buckle.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway, moving on. We then went to episode two with your Uncle Panda. Oh, yeah. Uncle Panda, Lo Chang, and Super Gus Ooh. sat down with us to talk about our favorite food-related things, and I really enjoyed this because. Low brought so many things to the table that I never would ha, to the table <laughs> that I never would have considered because I was thinking about you know like a yeah. food thing and he was thinking about all the things that make it you know mm-hmm. and then he brought up one of his selections of the Empire Strikes Back and I was huh. like huh and he's like well you you remember when they were on Bespin and uh, like Lando goes and, and he picks up Leia and Han and they're going like go have a meal together okay. and that's the scene he explained to me really yeah and then
6: Boba Fett casually walks in and then after they have their verbal exchange oh you're doomed everything else the door closes and they're walking in how does that work are they going to sit down and eat <laughs> well, I mean, and, and what's going through Vader's mind when that's just like we're here to capture them okay great leave my city alone no no, no hold on hold on hold on do you have a banquet hall? Do <laughs> you have some nice <laughs> china? I mean, I, I don't understand. I mean, it's a great scene. And I love the movie. Probably probably my favorite of the, of all the Star Wars movie. But that scene has always stuck out in my head. Like, how is this supposed to work? Right, Do you right. break bread and then surrender and get frozen in carbonite? I mean...
0: <laughs> hey, so he, br- he, he brings up a very good point. Yeah. You know, not only that, it's like cause you've got Darth Vader... Uh, who mm-hmm. can't eat because he can take his helmet off. Yeah. And then Boba Fett, who we've never seen without his helmet on until, yeah. you know, what happened. So I was like, I mean, I was blown away by it. I never would have thought about that, but Uncle Panda Wait, did it.
1: but that brings up the interesting point of how do they eat it all?
0: Well, Vader can take his helmet off. Yeah. And underneath it, he's got a mask that that yeah. comes off too. And Boba Fett... If he was a true Mandalorian, which I'm not yeah. even going to get into that discussion, okay. well, he could take his helmet off when he's by himself.
1: Oh, okay. or
0: maybe he just get a, like a long straw and a mm. strawberry shake. And go...
1: Yeah, and just live off of strawberry shakes.
0: You know, uh, I think I think that actually, people see me. Yeah. It would have to be chocolate and banana shakes, but uh, still, you know, yeah. the premise is still the same. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I get what you mean.
0: Huh. Okay, so the next one is probably one of my favorite songs of all times and i'm not even talking about a favorite songs episode no what i am talking about is the episode that you debuted on the show oh musical numbers (laughs) and i was so impressed with your singing and acting abilities for cyt that i asked you to record a song just for the end of our show you remember that
1: was that musical numbers or Disney movies? M-
0: musical numbers.
1: Really? Yeah. Well, yep. which was which one was it?
0: I'm going to play it for you right now.
1: Oh, gosh. This is I'll Make a Fish Out of You by Lily Ray. Let's get down to fishness to defeat the fish fry. Did they send me guppies when I asked for full-grown you're the saddest school i've ever met but you can bet before we through just know i'll make a fish out of you tranquil as a forest but a rapid within once you find your center you are sure to win You're a spineless, pale, pathetic lot. And you haven't got a clue. Somehow I'll make a fish out of you. Yay! Um, The whole uh, song. It goes on for so long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that song. I mean, you just like put everything you had into that song. It's just like it's like one of my favorites of all times. It's not even good. Oh, it is good. I've had
1: so many people.
0: You know where it's huge. Hungry.
1: Ah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder if they're hungry for some fish. They could but i um, ching dong. <laughs>
0: The next episode was one that was very, very special to me as well, Mm -hmm. because as we talked about before, one of the reasons that I've done this show is because of some amazing podcasters that have come into my life. One of them was uh, Hope and George, who Mm -hmm. do The Fright Club.
1: Oh, yeah. I like them.
0: Yeah. yeah. Vince Rotolo and his wife, Mary, and Nick Brown and Juan, they all do a show that was called The B-Movie Cast, and then Phantom Dark Dave. Oh, Yes. Yes. So I was so excited to have Phantom Dark Dave actually come on my show, Mm -hmm. and he was so sweet and so nice and so generous to me, just made me feel like a a rock star. And we talked about one of my favorite actors, Jimmy Stewart. We talked about a lot of different things, but he surprised me when I started talking about one of my favorite movies, Harvey, Mm -hmm. and that he had never seen that movie before. No. Right. He also hadn't seen it's a wonderful life. What? Yeah. So I've been like sent out every once in a while mm-hmm. I'll find a VHS like like a Goodwill or something Yeah. and I just like randomly mail it to him. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm starting him a collection for that. <laughs> but uh but anyway, let's let's listen to what he has to say about Harvey. Okay.
7: You 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 um you hit the nail on the head, you know, when you said that Stuart decided it, you know being kind was the best choice to make and it's just mesmerizing to watch him play this character and, like you said, not have a leading lady, but literally talk to nobody, mm-hmm. you know, as if there was a six foot three rabbit standing right there to the point where you actually believe the rabbit is there.
0: Right. He did and such a good job.
7: He did such a good job. It puts it easily. Easily at the number one spot for me, and this is a movie that I will share with as many people as I come across. It has its moments where it's funny. It has serious morality. There's love in it, and it's a feel-good movie. It really is. You're right. So it just made me very happy.
0: Yeah. To hear him talk about Harvey, (laughs) you know, it's like, ah, it's one of my favorite songs. It's so good. I love you, (laughs) favorite Dave. (laughs) Then we move forward to episode five. Where I brought our friend Patrick mm-hmm. in, and I put probably one of the most exacting requirements on him. Ooh, okay. Not only did we talk about TV, not only mm-hmm. did we specifically talk about the seventies, eighties. Did we only specifically talked about science fiction and action movies just in the seventies, just on TV? I made him ch- his, I made him choose his very favorite episode. <gasps> And lo and behold, when we both got to number one, we matched. Wow. Yeah. So take a listen.
8: What I liked about Six Million Dollar Man was uh, you never know, knew what you were going to get each week. Right. You could be underwater in a submarine. The next week you're out in space mm-hmm. in, a, in a rock.
0: Or you're underwater fighting sharks. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. sharks. Or, or he's flying a Thunderbird. Yes, yes. You know? Or oh. you could
8: be riding horseback somewhere or in a third world country yep. Fight, yep. fighting a war. It, uh-huh. it was so amazing.
0: Yeah. Or you're fighting a guy who's got two bionic arms <laughs> instead of one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Whose name, for some reason, changes from episode to episode. Yeah. I know you never watched yeah. Six Million Dollar Man, but when we got to number 1, both of our favorite episodes of every science fiction and action movie of all the 70s, we both landed on Secret of Bigfoot. Wow. Yeah, it was very cool. It was, you know, it's a great crossover. Um, so then, episode 6 we brought Uncle Panda mm-hmm. back, okay, along with Super Gus.
2: Nice. To
0: talk about our favorite movie memories. Mhm. And you know, of course Uncle Panda worked in a a movie theater yeah. in Chicago mm-hmm. where he had some very cool stories about when he worked there. But this one was cool because it was when he was a uh, was a patron. Yeah. And there was a movie that had come out that was called Mortal Kombat. It was based on a what now is a long series of fight games. Mm-hmm. and he was very excited to see it and he tells the story now about when he snuck I mean when he got in, he could only sit in the very beginning uh, right mm-hmm. up by the screen, and this is what happened.
6: <laughs> about two minutes into the movie, the big giant bass speaker on the left-hand side of the house, which is where I was sitting, blows. Wow I had paid uh, Chicago prices, you know, ten dollars, nine dollars uh, wow. <laughs> to get into this theater at midnight. And my ride was there, and I didn't have any other way to get home. I sat through and watched that entire movie, listening to
2: <laughs>
6: throughout the entire movie. I didn't see it, didn't hear a single word.
2: That's
0: I had to go sweet. see it again just to see the movie. That's so, <laughs> so fun. fun. Can you imagine just being so excited to see a movie and the speaker blows? No, Just the whole thing.
1: I'm so sorry, Uncle Panda. Yeah.
0: Well, he did go back and see it again.
1: Yeah, but like.
0: That first experience is ruined. I know. It'd be like going to see Star Wars and, you know, you had pink eye and you couldn't see it or something, you know. No. It's kind of like looking at the world through rose colored glasses. I I don't know. Uh, Oh okay. Okay. Episode 7 brought mm-hmm. another one of your very favorite people to the show. Ooh. And we talked about sharks. <gasps> who was it?
2: It was T.J. was T.J.
0: And we're talking about, you know, Bruce the shark mm-hmm. who was in Jaws and stuff and about how, you know, some people use real shots of sharks and others use mechanical and CGI. Mm-hmm. And and T.J. had a very interesting thought about sharks in movies.
9: My honorable mention, uh, straight up from the 80s, 1983, Jaws 3D with Dennis Quaid. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's got all the great elements. You know, you have your jump scares. You, you have, got
0: your Lewis Gossett Jr.
9: Yes. I mean, every star from the 80s was pretty much in there. Leah Thompson, you know, Dennis Quaid, you know, quite a few people that you'll recognize from the 80s. And all the great elements. I mean, honestly, they could put Stranger Things up at the top of uh, Jaws 3D, and, and it would probably be like, oh, wow, this is awesome. But, you know, you have great sharks. Shark action, they did a little bit better with the mechanical shark, although I don't generally support mechanical shark work because it it looks fake. And it
0: puts hardworking sharks out of business. It does.
9: We've got to think about those poor sharks. You know, the science was definitely dubious. (laughs) Um, I'm sure marine biologists everywhere were crying.
0: (laughs) As as we know, TGen always roots for the shark.
9: Definitely. How dare they put those poor
1: sharks out of work? Right? Yeah, they need a stimulus check.
0: Yeah, or maybe just stimulus chum. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But... <laughs> Our next episode mm-hmm. showed the return of one of my very favorite guests. Ooh. You! <laughs> That's when we came back and we talked about office pranks. And... Oh. I really liked... This one, because I kind of remembered it, but you were so specific about the prank that you liked <laughs> with Dwight's ID tag. You remember that? <laughs> well, if you don't remember it, this is what happened.
1: My number five is the prank performed on season two, episode 21, Conflict Resolution, directed by Charles McDougall and written by Greg Daniels. <laughs> I have to say it every time. I like to call this prank Dwight Fart shroot <laughs> This is so funny. (laughs) This is the prank um, in which Jim gives Dwight a ridiculous security badge. Some of the things he does to the badge is he changes Dwight's middle name from Kurt to Fart. Um, He labeled Dwight a security threat and gave him a huge, at least four times the size of the actual badge, a case to put his ID in. That's awesome. Um, Dwight is outraged by this and goes to tell on Jim shortly after. And it is.
0: It's a, That's a great prank. I remember the, the huge badge that hung off his shirt. Yeah. That was a great My
1: one. middle name is Kurt, not Fart. I am not a security threat.
0: You remember that, my little superstar? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, Jim wasn't that wrong in saying he was a security threat. If, I mean, right? He, for he, being honest, he he carries a gun, doesn't he? And he has mace right under his desk. That's right,
0: you know. So and and probably like some some judo ninja stuff in his desk yeah. too.
1: He, I'm pretty sure he had like a ninja star behind the printer.
0: See, but you right. know what? what? I can't
1: go back and look it up because the office has left Netflix. No,
0: it's on Peacock though.
1: Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's only like the first two seasons.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Moment of silence for The Office. Okay. Okay. Episode nine brought back Uncle Gus
2: (gasps) to talk about
0: his very favorite genre of movies, Mm -hmm. science fiction films. And so I tasked Uncle Gus to not talk about just his favorite sci-fi films, but to talk about those ones that only happened one time no mm-hmm. sequels no prequels yeah. and he brought up a very favorite of mine to galaxy quest and one of the best things about galaxy quest was the stellar cast stellar yes now you've seen this galaxy quest yet um with tim allen and
1: i probably did but don't remember it okay
0: we'll have to watch that again okay maybe see if there's any moral uh indignation that seeps <sighs> out from, from True Lies.
1: Would you like to explain?
0: No, I do not want to explain. Sure. True Lies is because what it is. Because they
1: did Jamie Lee Curtis dirty. But okay.
0: Okay. So let's play the
4: clip. Okay. She's a formidable actress. She is, she especially is. The, the roles she chooses, mm-hmm. especially in, especially in the sci-fi right. fandom. Now, of course, this is a comedy. Yes, and I, I heard she she says something is that whenever she put on that blonde wig, uh-huh. she just felt her IQ getting. <laughs>
0: Oh, but she was really great. And I love the fact that her entire duty on board the the bridge was to repeat what the captain (laughs) said so the computer would
4: do it. Yes. Um, She was the only one who could understand the computer. Right. The (laughs) computer computer would would understand. understand. Exactly. That was great. There was a great scene. You know, she's repeating what the computer's saying. And um, Tommy was like, that's really aggravating. It's like, this is my only (laughs) job on the ship. (laughs) Let me do it. That's right. I love that scene. (laughs)
0: We, of course, were talking about Sigourney Weaver. Oh, yeah. And I love the look on your face, because I don't think now that I don't don't think you remember it at all, because she did. She was blonde the entire Mm -hmm. time. It was was such a great episode. Uh, Anyway, so we jump forward to our next episode where I bring Patrick back. Mm -hmm. And we've already talked about specific episodes from the 70s of science fiction or action. So this time he and I just had a general chit chat about superhero TV shows from the 70s and 80s okay. and how i mean really we were blessed with a lot of good shows back then of course nowadays it's all big budgets and leather costumes yeah. and stuff but there was a lot of really cool things but this clip has nothing to do with any of that oh okay and it's my famous joe morton story <gasps> Ooh. how many how famous is it i, I don't know but mm-hmm. we're going to play it one more time so that everybody yeah. gets it okay are you familiar with this one
1: um i don't think so okay
0: well listen and enjoy Did I ever tell you I met Joe Morton? Nope. Yeah, we were uh, in Pasadena and it was night and we were on the street and we're waiting for the light to turn so we can go through the crosswalk. And I look left to make sure nobody's coming and I look right and there's Joe Morton. And I'm like, holy crap. So, I, you know, regain my composure and then I'm like, good evening, Mr. Morton. How are you doing? And he kind of looks at me says, good, good. How are you? I'm like, doing well, sir. It's a beautiful night tonight. Yes. Yes, it is. And the light changed, and I walked across the street. End of story. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was stupid. But it was uh, it was kind of cool to see somebody out in the real world, you know? Are you impressed?
1: I'm impressed.
0: Yeah. I'm, I mean, I was like literally three feet from him.
1: Damn. Yeah. Why didn't you social distance? Did you have mouse on?
0: Um, no, this was like 1998 or 99. Oh,
1: pre-pandemic?
0: Pre-pandemic, okay. yes. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> the next episode is one that was very, very interesting to me personally, and I think to you, kind of, mm-hmm. because this is when your teacher, Miss Tiffany Dematre, <gasps> came oh. in. And so tell us about miss Dematre's door,
1: her Go. door. ok. so, um, so everyone's door at St. Genevieve is painted. So, like um our English teacher, um, has, like, pencils on her board, and our science teacher has, like, a... Um, she has, like, a microscope painted on her door. And so, Miss Dematri actually has her door painted like a raven. And um, every door also has a quote. And her quote is actually about reading from Edgar Allan Poe himself. Yeah,
0: yeah. She loves Poe.
1: She loves him.
0: As as great as Teejin was for doing a shark episode... Yeah, So as great was Mr Dematre yeah. about doing a poe, both of them, and that 's one of the things I love about the show is I can bring people on who know more about the subject that I know stuff about and yeah. love and learn something from every time and yeah. learn differences and so one of the things that she brought to the show was the fact that she teaches Poe and that you know you look at all the horror movies and the scary movies and stuff now, mm-hmm. and people are like, oh man, that's so you know new and scary and unique." And so she decided she wanted to talk to them because this is when Final Destination had come out, mm-hmm. and she was going to school them a little bit about ooh. why. Ooh, you like that school? Why <laughs> Final Destination was not as scary as Poe was. So let's ooh. listen to her.
10: I when uh, what was it? Final Destination. I think it was. Uh huh. Came out. Yeah. Where they narrowly escape death and then yes, that traps them down mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. with John Denver in the background.
10: <laughs> yes, made me never want to listen to John Denver before I got on the plane. But that had come out and I was teaching high school.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, they were all in high school too. in The, the movie. Yes, mm-hmm.
10: and the kids had gone and see it, and they were like, "There is nothing in this literature book like that."
0: What? And I was like,
10: Hold on, hold on.
0: <laughs> Pull up a chair, Montessoro. So
10: I went and I pulled up the Mask of the Red Death and we started reading it and they were like, well, that's not like Final Destination. I was like, yes, it is. Why did he have the party? Right. And we started looking at the color symbolism of the room.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And the kids were
10: like, wait. And I was like, he built a room to mock death. Right. Thinking that oh, you can't get me. You
0: can't get me here. Yeah.
10: And they were like, oh.
0: And then, it, then death just comes right in the front door. Yes. You know. And there was that one uh, person, Scarletti. Um, who came in? Who was wearing their their cross? Because he was he was about the most pious person in the room, which isn't saying a lot. And what does well, Prospero do? Take that thing off, throw it away. I will not have it here. Yes. And not that it might have kept Red Death away, but it might have saved this one guy.
10: Yeah. But, well, you might keep, keep a clove of garlic in your pocket if mm-hmm. you think there's vampires.
0: Exactly. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with it.
10: But yes, he is my number.
0: And I just I thought that she I mean that was just an amazing yeah. way to teach kids and you know because this stuff, stuff's a hundred something years old and mm-hmm. it's still relevant yeah it's still scary you know it's one of the reasons I picked it to do uh, on the Dead Hand Radio Show mm-hmm. where I read the facts in the case of M Valdemar mm-hmm. hundred years old but mm-hmm. it's still a scary story yeah you know just great it's great so episode twelve sees the return of. Phantom Dark Dave. And so I make the mistake because I'm like mixing up all of my dancers and stuff. And so Phantom Dark Dave sets me straight. But I love the Mm -hmm. fact that we can talk about Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly, Socks, The Wizard of Oz, and Monkey Poop from Flying Monkeys. All in the same little snippet. Definitely. Yeah, this is a good one. And I I love that you love The Wizard of Oz (laughs) in this too. So, So let's check this out.
7: Well, Jamie, since we're so close friends, I have to call you out because I'm pretty sure uh-huh. Fred Astaire is not in Singing in the Rain. Oh, see? <laughs>
0: see, you're already should call me out. That's okay. Who who was that? Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly. Oh, okay. Well, I'm guessing is it Gene Kelly who's in the room too? No. <laughs> no.
7: Okay. Is that Fred Astaire? <laughs> so Dancing in the Room is Fred Astaire, yes. Okay. That's an awesome. That awesome. one is Royal Wedding. A royal Wedding. if you're talking about the way the room spins around... Mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm.
0: that's it that's it well what, okay well okay so that's your first 10 uh what's your 11th honorable mention
7: wizard of oz oh
1: that one's good
7: it is it, I, I love judy garland very much you'll probably hear her name in my top five a lot of folks will consider wizard of oz her most iconic movie of all time i would never argue that point but i found five others that i wanted and this is just the one that kind of you know just had to be mentioned You like that one, don't you, boo? Yeah. I
1: really like uh, Wizard of Oz. um, I like the scene where you can only see the the witch's socks. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Okay, the one at the beginning after they drop the house on her?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just her socks and the shoes? That's that's my favorite.
0: That's a good scene. Mine is when when she uh, lets loose her flying monkeys. (laughs) You know? I always wish I had flying monkeys when somebody, like, made me mad. I can be like fly to their house and poop on their car, flying monkeys, or I don't know whatever flying monkeys do. <laughs> yeah, monkey poop. It's it's a mysterious thing. We don't we just don't know about it. Yeah, monkey poop. Yep. Okay, moving on. Next, I bring in a m- musical genius
2: mm.
0: in Brian Parent. Ah. Uh. So Brian, of course, has worked with lots of big-name artists. He's part of like three or four bands. He made um, the Faye Five from Fans uh, original theme song. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just extremely talented. And one of the things that I really enjoyed is that he knows so much again. He knows so much more about it than me. And knows a bunch about people who work behind the scenes yeah. to create it. And so he had a very interesting uh, little take on that that I really enjoyed. So I'm going to play that for you now.
8: When you look at these award shows and the Academy Award shows, you know, when you see these sound editing and these sound editing guys and the the mixers and the masters, and that is an art form that's just unbelievable what they have to do to get this stuff on film. Yeah. How much they have to produce, how much they have to mix down, where to put it, and they're mixing in environments that, even as a musician for thirty-five years, I can't imagine what they do. And they're so detail-oriented and playing this music, recording it, and putting it on the film. Uh, you can't have movies without without music.
0: Oh, and, and you've got to, you've got to not only have a love for it, but you you do have to have a mastery for it. Absolutely. Me, I can't play the uh, overturned five-gallon bucket. But uh, so I can't imagine you know, how much harder it must be for someone like yourself who actually has the skill. But you, you can know? play
8: it, you could play it. I don't know if you can play it well, but you can
0: play <laughs> it. Best thing I could ever play was a boombox. There uh, you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been great, man. You had some awesome pulls. I can't believe that we didn't have anything
5: crossover. You know,
8: I, I, I thought we would. Me too. I know you're a little more horror than I am. Yeah, and you're a little more rock and roll. I'm a little is, more rock and roll. Is that it?
0: <laughs>
8: we could we could parody that song if you yes. want to. Yes, we could. <laughs> I'll be Donnie if you'll be Marie.
0: Oh, I just want to feel pretty.
1: <laughs> I know. Best thing you could play was a boom box. Have you ever heard of a kazoo?
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> so did you get the uh Donnie and Marie reference? To the Osmonds. I know that's probably, yeah, see, that's a little bit before your time. But anyway, that's where we were going. They had a song about, I'm a little bit country. And then he would go, and I'm a little bit rock and roll. (laughs) It was was awesome. So, the next episode had really, really cool in that it was the, the first time that I had brought Now, of course, I'd had three people on my show, me and two other people on my show before, but I had both of these people, Phantom Dark Dave and Neil Frazier from across the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about 90s, 1990s, underrated horror films. Mm -hmm. And so you think three guys that are really into horror films, and you got a specific genre of only, I mean, a specific period of only 10 years to talk about, that you know, we like some of the same movies and stuff, but when we finished, we didn't have any crossovers.
1: No crossover. None at all. With oh wait, I can't do math.
0: Wait, 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 wait like take off your socket so you can count to fifteen.
1: No, but like, no, but there's more than fifteen because there's honorable mentions. So nope, like,
0: we didn't have honorable mentions. Oh,
1: you didn't? Nope. Oh, yeah, well,
0: yeah we did. I didn't, oh, okay. Well, <laughs>
1: let's like, keep it to twenty. Eighteen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go back and look. <laughs> Ah, oh, making me do more work.
1: I can't do So
0: bad. anyway, <laughs> let's check it out.
7: See, this is the reason why I love this. You take all three of us who have seen our fair share, but... You managed to stump me with so many movies I haven't seen that I've heard of. And the same with Neil, yet anybody who listens to this podcast is going to think we're some of the craziest people in the world. (laughs) They did, you know, their countdown of their favorite non-popular horror movies of the nineties. What were their number ones? Oh, Amityville, a new generation, the lost (laughs) broadcast and Frank and hooker. And then any traditional horror fan or non-traditional horror fan for that matter might be like, man, there's some cool dudes right there.
0: Ah. Yeah, the ladies will say that too. (laughs) Only the cold ones. (laughs) Oh, I agree, man. This has been so much fun. Let me tell you, it was so hard to weigh, okay, well, this movie, because there were a lot of great horror movies in 1990. So it was hard to look and say, okay, this movie is popular or this movie is well-liked or well-known. And to find these movies that, Except for Steel and Lace, which you know don't you don't have to watch that one. They're all great movies, and you you'll watch some of them and go, "Why the hell is this not Blu-ray number one seller?" Yada yada yada. Truth. are you still doing the math? I'm doing
1: math in Spanish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so. Episode 15 sees the first of a two-parter, possibly three, depending Ooh. on what we're going to do, Ooh. with, remember who? Who are we to talk about Batman with?
1: <gasps> Miss, my adopted dad.
0: Your adopted dad, Matt Hernandez. And so we talk about comics this first time, which was cool because, you know, he's a huge Batman fan and he knows a lot about the comics and stuff. So we start to talk. And one of the cool things that we talk about is when Batman has retired, and then he comes back out of retirement. So let's see what he has to say. And I also love the the shot where he's standing there at Crime Alley, waiting for him, and he's like plugged into a street lamp, oh, he's getting man. the power, he's
5: sucking all the juice out yeah. the city to like electrocute.
0: Yeah, the club. yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that's that's just a great one. I'm not I'm not going to talk any about it because I have a feeling <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> that you might have. Something to say about the Dark Knight so, Returns? So,
5: okay, so once again, <laughs> I had two that I thought would be number one. Mm-hmm. I may actually make one of them, uh, you know, an, an alternate number one. I guess okay, fuzzy math, fuzzy math. It's, that's fine. I, 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 it, it's so difficult. It this is. is super difficult. It is okay. So yeah, Dark Knight Returns, my number one, hands down, uh, one of the best. Like as you said, uh, it's it's just. Dystopic. It's Batman in the future. you never seen him like this. Uh, I love that he looks like Clint Eastwood a little yes. bit. Uh, I love that he has a mustache in this. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. Then you never really saw Batman drink, but he's drinking in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Alfred's gone. Uh, it, it's just something you never thought you'd see. Uh, I love the shot of Bruce uh, walking down the steps to the Batcave for the first time. He had shaved... And he's just kind of like, oh, I shaved. And, like, uh, you know, he's he's walking down. Everything's covered up. Right. And dusty. Yeah. Dusty and grimy and gross. Probably a lot of guano on stuff, too. A lot of guano.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm always talking about, like, flying monkey poop or bat guano in the bat cave.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I'm just very poop-centric on this show sometimes. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know why. Anyway. <laughs> Poop.
1: It's Faye five, not two.
0: <laughs>
1: it's Mr. Andy.
0: <laughs> um, so, next we bring in Damon Pelican,
4: mm. who,
0: Damon, thank you for your service to our country. I had the very unique opportunity to talk to him about war movies. And as a former, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Army guy, he told us a very interesting story about the first time that he ever saw the movie Saving Private Ryan. Hmm. And it's a very interesting and unique story. And so I want to share that with you. What's your number one war movie?
11: Okay. Uh, Well, let's start it out this way. In 1998, I was at Fort Bragg in the 504 Parachute Infantry Regiment. Okay. Um, And when this movie came out, I'm not sure if it was the whole, uh, battalion or the, the regiment or who rented out the theater, but every theater that was playing this, they, they, they rented out the whole movie theater. Mm -hmm. So every theater that was playing this movie had nothing but airborne infantrymen in it. Okay. So, all right, the movie, you know, the movie starts off, they're in the Higgins boats, that ramp drops off, and those guns start opening up, and you've got hundreds of infantrymen on their feet, screaming, yelling, clapping, roaring. Uh-huh. It was insane, and uh, you, you had already called it up on your list already, so uh-huh. you probably guess what it is. <laughs> Platoon. Oh yeah. I mean, it, well, actually, no, it was a uh, Saving Private run. Yeah, but, I know. I was just, yeah, just joking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, oh I can only imagine what how crazy that theater must have been.
11: Oh yeah. The hair standing up on the back of your neck, it was, a, it was it was insane. It was it was crazy. Uh-huh. So uh that that's how that's why I had to put this as my number one.
0: Is that not a cool story? That's crazy. Everybody and he goes on to talk about everybody who was in that regiment to actually talk about in the movie.
2: Because <gasps> right. from because
0: 'cause it's been around for that long, since like back before World War Two. So, the people that were there, they really had a special connection yeah. to that movie, you know? So, anyway, I thought that was very cool. Damon, again, thank you. Thanks. You're awesome. You are so awesome. So, we come back to our, where we talked with with Uncle Gus about standalone movies. And so, of course, the follow-up to that should be best sequels. Ah. Uh. Yeah. And so yeah, we had some very interesting sequels. Of course, a lot of sci-fi in it. We mm-hmm. talked about the alien movies. Mm-hmm. And then we got to talking about Prometheus, Ooh. which is one of the follow-up alien movies that oh, they, yeah. they waited a long time. And um, I'm pretty sure I got a good understanding of how Uncle Gus feels about that huh. movie. Huh. <laughs> so you know the scene where Corporal Farrow, who is the pilot of the dropship, ship, mm-hmm. And she goes to get in, and the, you know, ooh, it's got stuff on there, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then she calls down, and then Bishop's on the planet, and the storms go on and a rage, mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, ETA, 16 minutes! Well, that, for whatever reason, has always stuck with me. <laughs> and the other day, someone uh, asked how long before I got there, right. and I went and Googled ETA 16 minutes aliens real quick, And I'll be damned if somebody hadn't made it to a GIF already.
4: (laughs) And I'm like, everything is on the internet.
0: (laughs) Oh, such a great it's such a great pick, Gus.
4: Well, one thing is, it expanded, like we discussed Mm -hmm. at the very Mm -hmm. beginning. It expanded on Alien, right? The it built a universe around you know both movies, exactly. The third one, not so much.
0: Third one gets a lot of hate, but if you kind of watch it by itself, and then Aliens Resurrection, <sighs> yeah, but you know, come on, she she makes that basketball shot in one. That, that was in awesome one thing. take, you know. Oh, that's so cool.
4: Needless to say, because I want to end this on a positive note, I will not discuss Covenant or Prometheus. <laughs> Thank I will, you. I will not say anything more about either one of them. This those, is a Covenant free zone, except that they sucked. <laughs> In fact, I, I will say something. Oh, come way.
0: on. Now we, he's pulling us down.
4: Those, both those movies are basically about a spoiled robot. robot. Right. With daddy issues. <laughs> that's all that's all they're about. Yeah. Now, I know James Cameron wants them to be about, you know, a, a, advanced AIs taking over. But I'm like, no, that is not an alien movie. Yeah, exactly. The alien took a backdrop. I know. Today I Today it's that. issues. But, and know. I'm like... I mm, yeah. I came out of the movie theater mad, <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> a, a robot with daddy issues. We
2: love you, Uncle Gus.
0: <laughs> all right, fuzzball. So we jump now to another of your appearances.
2: Ooh,
0: Faith five Disney movies.
1: Oh, uh, yeah! And you remember? Fun.
0: Remember which which uh, movie we talked about on here?
1: We talked about a lot, a lot of, of them,
0: but we specifically I loved your um, telling about Onward.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So I want to play that again.
1: Ooh, fun! So basically, these two brothers named Ian Lightfoot and Barley Lightfoot, played by Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, two Marvel dudes. Mm-hmm. They're two brothers. And their dad has died, and they need to basically cast a spell to bring him back from the dead, so they can spend a day together with him.
0: So he's like a zombie. I like it already.
1: Kind of, I guess.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Does he eat their brains? No. Oh.
1: Because the spell eh, is still pretty good. The spell doesn't work, so only his half, bottom half, is here.
0: Uh huh.
2: And
1: so the whole quest is trying to get his top half back, and. It's, it's just a really good movie. It reminds me of Frozen, about the themes of love, but not like princess and prince love, more like sibling love. Oh. And I think it's it's just a good movie.
0: That's cool. It was. And, and I did enjoy it. I didn't think I would go was going to. But once I got down for the ride, it was really a cool little movie. So yeah. I, I can see why you have that, as an honorable mention. What part of the movie spoke to you to make it as part of this list?
1: I think it's mostly about sibling love, because I really love my sister. Yeah, you do. And I think just that Disney's trying new things and not sticking to the princess and prince and looking at different forms of love
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: is just like a really great formula to try out. Right. And I just like that a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, leave it to us to talk about a zombie movie uh, in Disney's love fest.
1: Mm -hmm. Correction, leave it to you to talk about zombie movies. I'll allow it.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. you're right. You're right. I mean. (laughs) Okay, so jumping from onward and your favorite Disney movies, Mm -hmm. um, we finally get super mega star Cody Chamberlain.
2: Ooh. Right? Huh?
0: Yeah. Into the studio to talk about organized crime movies now this is a guy who loves the godfathers the uh, you know the uh, goodfellas casinos but when he first sits down he drops the bomb that he is not going to be talking about any of those movies but instead he wants to talk about what he thinks is one of the best of all times really yeah you know what movie that
12: is why don't
1: you why don't you enlighten me
12: i will check this out
0: so what's your other honorable mention
12: my second honorable mention is Zootopia. What? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Man, Zootopia is an absolutely brilliant crime film, believe it or not. It's it's written for kids. It's obviously animated. With the bunny. With the bunny, yes. Okay. Absolutely brilliant. If you haven't seen Zootopia, uh, please get around to it immediately. And also, if you are a, a crime fan, a crime film fan in particular, lots of winks and nods to Godfather and Goodfellas. Really? And there's a lot of little stuff in there for loyal crime fans. Now, I've seen this
0: movie and <laughs> never would have thought to put it on this. That... With the bunny, right? Absolutely, yeah. Meter Maid, right? <laughs> that is awesome.
12: But yeah, I guess you're kind of right because there's the whole crime boss. Yeah, it, she's. It's one little bunny cop up against mm-hmm. organized crime family with yeah.
0: the not so squeaky clean friend.
12: That's right. Who's trying to be a good guy? Yeah, great twists and, yeah, twist and turns. great twists and turns. But I mean, structurally as well, mm-hmm. uh, it's almost flawless. It's yeah. a, just a beautifully structured film from from start to finish. Great characters all around. The writing is just incredibly well done. Dialogue is great. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's an A plus.
0: That's awesome. That's that's an amazing pull. Man, I'm nervous now because you've got me. You're coming out strong. We're not messing
12: around around. No, we're gonna, we're gonna go hard today.
0: Well, I don't have an honorable mention nearly as cool as that.
12: Zootopia.
0: Yeah, the one with the bunny.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong.
0: He is not wrong because when you do step back and look at that, you're like.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And you know my favorite thing about the bunny?
1: What's your favorite thing about the bunny?
0: (laughs) You've seen the movie? You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Okay. So next we come to the demon baby story from the X-Files episode with Bruce Campbell, as told by your Aunt Kevin.
1: Oh, I was very confused for I that know, first
0: laugh. Right? I
1: was like, Rosemary's baby? No, yeah, no, no, no.
0: Here, let's <laughs> give it one more listen and see. Okay. And well, I that's a, a great one. I'm going to have to go back and watch that episode.
13: There was a couple of trivia things from that I was uh-huh. reading about. There was a mother that used her baby, this a real-life lady. they going to use her baby in the show, you know, just to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Well, she read the cursed birth scene. The whole thing about the baby, because when they pull out the baby, it has horns, right? And uh, this lady... She read that in the script, and she was really religious. This is according to the trivia I read. So she was uncomfortable with them putting horns on her baby. So she withdrew her baby from being. No, a child. what could go yes. wrong? Yeah, what could go wrong? So they said in the trivia I was looking at that the production staff for the X Files they said they found another baby in forty-five minutes. <laughs> I was like, the day still Hollywood, cars? baby. Yeah, said, we can get anything you want.
0: Bring me a blue rhinoceros, a baby with horns, and some peanut butter.
13: Yes, and an orange Julius. (laughs) And I was reading; they said it was the first time a cast member withdrew from scenes for religious reasons. (laughs) And I was like, "The X Files did a lot of crazy stuff. I'm surprised that was the only time that that was happened." Yeah, that was a great show, man.
0: The demon baby.
1: Yeah the the demon baby.
0: Isn't that funny? Leave it to Aunt Kevin to find a story like that.
1: I mean, you gotta have that peanut butter. Am I right?
0: You do. You do. You know? So, the only way to follow up a story like that
2: oh.
0: is a story tone. You're. you're oh, yeah. yeah told Tone Rodriguez, another super mega star yeah. in comics, tells about meeting up with Adrian Barbeau at the Bed Bath and Beyond in California, and no one will believe him. <laughs> This is a good one. Check this out.
14: I have a weird Adrian. Oh, bring it on. And it involves doing the John Carpenter book with Deborah Hill. Deborah was very, very interesting. And one day when we needed to put the pitch together, we had already done the whole thing with the artwork. Everything's great. She's happy. Uh, Bill uh, O'Neill, the guy who's going to write it, had put the whole thing together and had this outline figured out. And she's like, great, great, great. Okay, meet me at Bed Bath and & Beyond, and you can tell me the whole thing. And we're like,
2: Bed okay. Bath & Beyond?
14: Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> that is so random. It's like, what the hell? So uh, sure enough, we're running late, famously running late, because uh, the people that I was working with always running late. But again, Deborah, I guess, was running late, too, so no problem. Everything was fine. Uh, and in front of bed, bath and beyond in front of their front door, literally like we weren't off to the side, we weren't hiding, we weren't doing, we're right there in front of the door. Deborah is sitting there and kids. and this is the thing we dealt with Deborah almost exclusively on everything. You know, Kurt was involved, John was involved, but like for every, you know, one meeting we had with John, we had like 20 with Deborah. So v- we, we, we spent a lot of time with her. And so Bill is pitching the story, and because Bill's pitching, I don't have anything to talk about.
0: Right, you just stand
14: around. I'm just pretty. standing. I'm just sitting there, and we're in the parking lot of Bed Bath and Beyond, and I'm looking into the audience or the audience, the parking lot. And so we're like in the circle, and uh, Bill is in front of me. Uh, Jan is off at like you know, one o'clock and then Deborah's at like three and I'm just sitting there and I've already heard the story. So I know what the whole pitch is and I'm people watching cause I got nothing. You know, again, I they've already seen my work. They know what I can do. So I'm fine. So I'm just standing there and I see this woman get out of a car. I don't know, 20 yards away from me. And this is before I'm married. This is I, I don't I don't even think I have a regular steady girlfriend at this point in time. So you know I'm looking. Yeah. And this woman starts walking toward the door, and I'm thinking she's gorgeous, mm-hmm. lovely, lovely, and she's walking toward us, and she's getting closer and closer and closer, and she gets to the point where she's about thirty feet from me. And I immediately realize it's Adrian Barba. No way. And so I start (laughs) going, hey, 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 to Bill (laughs) in the middle of this pitch. And Bill looks at me like I'm insane. Jan looks at me like, what the are you doing? And Deborah looks at me like I'm insane. And and that just pissed me off. I'm like, all right, F y'all. I'm just going to sit here. And so I just sat there and I watched her walk right toward us. And so I went ahead, and for anybody who, who can't see this, obviously, because it's a, a video, a radio, audio thing, uh, she walks up. I'm looking her dead in the eye, and she looks me dead in the eye. And she's smiling. And so I go ahead and I do that thing where I mouth that, hi. You know, I don't say it. You know, I just go, hi. And my mouth opens up, and hi. And she goes ahead, and she walks by, and she looks at me, and she goes, hi, back, you know. And she doesn't say anything. but She walks right past me, and I'm just like, Wow. Like, she is delightful, and she mm-hmm. walks right past me. Bill goes ahead and finishes his
0: pitch. So, so she doesn't r- realize that's... She, Debra's just
14: standing there. She's yeah, she's focused yeah. on this idiot, and this idiot did, didn't want me to, to bother him. And so I'm just like, okay, F-y'all. I'm just going to sit here, and I acknowledged her. Uh-huh. And so but this is what happens. They finish the pitch. Deborah's like, great, let's get this going. When can you have blah, 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 blah? Okay, we start talking, blah, blah, blah. And so once we're all done with the business... Jan, I think, turns to me and goes, Yeah, what? So, what was all that about? And then Bill jumps in there and goes, Yeah, what, what was that all about? And I said, Oh, well, I, I just thought it was weird that we're all sitting here talking about the Snake Plissken thing. And while we were sitting here, Adrian Barbeau just walked past us. And they're
15: like, <laughs> What? And
14: it, all of a sudden, Deborah runs inside the bed, That's bath, and beyond. Funny. And so Bill is looking, at it. Bill doesn't believe anything. Bill's lived in Los Angeles for like, eight years at this point, never seen a celebrity Mm -hmm. like, like in public, never, never seen. And every time, like we'll be walking someplace and I'll, he'll, somebody will walk right past us and we'll get to the car and said, Hey man, did you see, uh, you know, the uh, Miley Cyrus or something, (laughs) you know? And he'll be like, what? Like where? And he'll turn and look. It's like, yeah, they were sitting right there in front of us in the, in the restaurant. We sat right. Like, I remember one time we were there, we were, we were eating right next to Natalie Cole. Natalie Cole was sitting right next to me and I'm just like, Man, it's like, I'm having lunch with Natalie Cole. I <laughs> never saw her. And so when we leave, I was like, man, she's like that weird, right? Natalie Cole sitting there. It's like, what? It's like, yeah, That's she was crazy. <laughs> so Deborah runs inside, frantically looking for, and I just imagine she's, you know, running around like a maniac because yeah. she was animated. And Bill is like, are you sure? You know, like, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
14: and I'm like, hey, guys, she's got to come out at some point. So, you know, whatever. So Deborah runs back out and she goes, "I didn't see her." And she's got like this kind of like not nasty kind of like sounding, but she's she's just displeased, like to bother because I made her, I made her what run inside to look for an old associate or something. <laughs> and so I'm like, "Look, it was her." It's like, "Are you sure?" It's like, "Look." We can just sit here for a few minutes. It's, it's, I mean, this isn't a movie theater where we got to wait two hours for her to come out. It's like she'll be out eventually. Yeah. And so, sure enough, after about you know ten minutes, because again, she'd walk past. Ten minutes had gone by in the middle of the whole pitch. So again, another ten minutes. She starts walking out, and of course there she is, and I say, see there she is right there. And of course, Deborah loses. Oh my god. Adrian looks, oh my god, I'm you know, big hugs and everything. And I just look at Bill like Told you, She
0: was delightful. Yeah. Sweet. So when Uncle Tom tells you that he sees Adrian Barbeau in Bed Bath and Beyond, you better believe it. I him.
1: have to believe him.
0: You have to believe him. You know? And that's the lesson to take away from this.
1: That is the lesson to take away. <laughs>
0: So next I finally get Evan to come in from the wastes. To sit down and do an episode. You remember when I <laughs> recorded this episode?
1: Hmm. Not really.
0: I was up in the when we were up in the mountains in Picture Ford. Oh
1: Yeah, yeah. And I had
0: that beautiful view and I could see all over the mountains and stuff.
2: Yeah. It was that really was fun. cool. It
0: was. I really enjoyed uh, that whole trip and you know doing this one while I was on vacation. I thought yeah. it was really awesome. So Uh, We got to the point where Evan talks about some of his favorite quotes, Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to really throw those on there. So pay attention. But this
6: episode Uh, has one of my absolute favorite quotes of any TV show ever.
0: Oh, please drop it
6: on us. I always try to use this whenever I can, but it's just simply, your ignorance makes me ill. (laughs) I love that. And every once in a while on Twitter, I'll post a picture. I'll find a picture of him in that final, you know. Uh-huh. Big giant bubblehead um, <laughs> form. And I'll I'll and I'll post that. And then it's it's also got another quote that I really like. And um it's a, uh, it goes fear, conformity, immorality. These are heavy burdens, great drainers of creative energy. When we are drained of creative energy, we do not create. We procreate, but we do not create. Oh, that's
0: heavy man. And I yeah, and I, I really that's like heavy. that. Yeah. It's it's true. Your ignorance makes me ill.
1: <laughs> you know, you know one of my favorite quotes from a TV show is?
0: Mm, Beats, Button, and Battlestar Galactica?
1: Well, that's Bears, a good one.
0: Beats, and Battlestar Galactica.
1: That's, that's a really good one. But my new favorite is actually, Baby Girl, you be tripping.
0: Way too many episodes, of Criminal Minds.
1: <laughs> I just... Uh, uh. I love yeah. Shama. You know it. <laughs> yeah, that's your mother.
0: So by the way, that was an episode about um, the greatest greatest outer limits episodes. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So that's what we talked about there. So next episode we bring up for episode twenty three, we bring up favorite 80s slashers. Ooh. Yeah, this was a
2: good
0: one. This is with Dave and with Andy Osry. And so we talked about not the movies, but the people, the killers. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. One. And um, we came up in the discussion with a way to keep up with the serial killers, and it's going to be a fun little game that I'm uh, hoping to, you know, get out maybe on a um, Kickstarter or something, and mm. get it fully funded. It's uh, called Yes. Well, you're going to hear it in just a second. Okay. It's on um, Amazon, if you get a chance to watch it. Back Music to-, to my ears, Jimmy. That's all I <laughs> need to hear. Yeah, it's on Amazon. <laughs> all right. So my number two is going to be the killer Russ Thorne from Slumber Party Massacre 1 and 2. Anybody have him? This is like Slasher yeah. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Russ Thorne. Russ Thorne. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> So the great thing about this is that it's the same character, but in the first movie, he's played by one actor. And in the second movie, he's resurrected as someone else. So it's the same guy going after the survivor, but a completely different person. And he's got these, I know y'all have seen it, with the guitar, with the drill on the end of it. And he goes around singing um, Tokyo Convertible, I think was the (laughs) name of the song or something.
1: Isn't that the guy who would like appear in the girl's dreams or something.
0: Yeah, like he would come to him and then he had that big guitar but like...
1: I'm pretty sure the first, like when they were rehearsing it he broke the first guitar. Oh, no.
0: Yeah. Well, at least it didn't happen, you know, while he was murdering one of the,
1: the yeah. yeah, Yeah. You know, better I know. I know. precaution than actually. And I think instead of bingo, you should put a word like um like murder. Oh, yeah? You know? I mean, there is R twice. So, mm-hmm. like, maybe you could use a different word, like slasher or something. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. Right yeah. On. Yeah. Zero killers. Bingo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll work yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, next, I get Patrick back to talk about one of our favorite action stars of all times, Chuck Norris himself. Chuck
1: Norris. And I think I'm
0: doing pretty awesome. And I tell Pat, hey, man, I got an autographed book. <gasps> well, then he's got to throw down this story. <gasps> oh, on. no. Tina bought me a copy of his autobiography. Okay, uh, well I signed. met him
1: when
8: he when he put the autobiography out. He I was living, you know, in Dallas and uh he he did a book signing at a bookstore there and uh oh. I went I took my daughter and her mom there and my daughter was like 2 and we waited in line a couple of hours to get up to him and uh, that was the first celebrity my daughter ever met.
0: Was dude. that and, in
7: like, and 2004? Remember,
8: I don't remember. It, okay. It, it, yeah. It had to be in the early 2000s, but, uh, he looked up at her and he shook her little, he grabbed, grabbed her little fist and he shook it and he said, hello, sweetness.
13: Oh, and
8: he was asking me how old she was and stuff. And, but man, very nice guy. Very yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. He seems like the real deal.
8: Yeah. So he signed the book and you know, I, I still have it. And, uh, that's, that's the only time I've actually met him. I, yeah. I noticed now in his older years, he's starting to go to conventions. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to go and get like an eight by ten or something signed.
0: Oh my God. I would go and get a poster signed. Yeah. I would say, Invasion that is, USA. Oh, you're right. You know, I mean as much yeah. as I love, you know, the poster for Lone Wolf McQuaid. You yeah. know, that's one, one of the things about that movie that was so influential to me was his shirts. Those double breasted cowboy shirts that he had. Yeah. I actually went to, oh God, I can't believe I'm doing this. I actually went to a country western store and they ordered me. That same color tan double-breasted shirt that he had, and I wore the crap out of that shirt. I'd wear Long it buttoned up on you. both sides, you know, unbuttoned <laughs> on one side, and then you, then right at the same time was uh, well, the year before was Khan. Uh, and
8: oh yeah, well, you know, had that flap <laughs> open, yeah.
0: Oh my god, I got to find a picture of that because I, I know I have <laughs> that somewhere. Oh God! I love you're, this such, you're such a lone wolf. I'm such a lone wolf, and I'll tell you one other cool thing. Didn't know your dad was a lone wolf, did you? No idea. Yeah, yeah. I think all pictures of that shirt have been destroyed, though. <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
1: we we have no proof it exists. No
0: proof it exists. I mean, you may ask your Grammy about it, and she'll probably tell you, <laughs> or your your Uncle John in California. But there's no <laughs> photographic proof yeah. anymore. Yeah. No, yeah. it's
1: all been burned. Mm-hmm. So,
0: there's a conspiracy afoot
1: <gasps> at Glendale College. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is, it,
0: is it really Glendale or is it Greendale?
1: Um, n- no, it's it's Greendale. You sure? Greendale it's, Community I think, College. I think it's Glendale. No, it's Greendale. Oh. Huh. No, it's, it's okay, Greendale. Okay, well,
0: anyway, there's a conspiracy afoot at Glendale High School. Oh, Greendale. Greendale? Is it a high school?
1: Okay, you can just call it Community College.
0: Okay, at the Community College. And you break that conspiracy wide open. And I'm telling you. Like an egg. You blew my mind.
1: <laughs> in the end, we find out that Troy's escaped monkey named Annie's Boobs um, took the pen at the very beginning of the episode. And here's a little fun fact. In the beginning of the episode, um, right after the dean comes in, because, you know, there's a puppy parade. uh, mm-hmm.
0: Dalmatians. What is it with the dean and Dalmatians? <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, go ahead.
1: At the beginning of the episode, if you look at the corner of their table, you'll see the purple pen, right? But then you can see a little monkey hand go over. Take, so you're telling me you the the see Annie's boobs? Yeah, you can see the monkey take the pen, <laughs> and it just like runs away. It's just like if you if you look for it. Uh-huh. It's it's, it's like right there, mind blowing.
0: Yeah, I remember because we didn't know that, and you found this later on and came back and showed it to me, and yeah. I was amazed.
1: Also, unrelated, you know, side note: I have a personal conspiracy theory about this.
0: Uh, lay it on me, sister.
1: Because in the episode, I think it's called History One Hundred and One. Abed goes inside his own head and makes his own little TV show, right? Uh huh. Because that's his happy place. Because he needs to find his happy place or whatever. Um. And he makes like a little, um, you know, like a little opening theme song kind of thing, you know, based off of the theme song for the regular show. But he's right. singing it with different yes. lyrics. And when it when it's Annie Edison's turn, she opens up her bag and she's like, "Where is it?" And then Annie's boobs comes up with the pen and she's like, oh, silly monkey!"
2: <laughs>
1: but if this is in Abed's head, yeah. then he would have known that the monkey took the pen all along and didn't say anything.
0: Or it was he knew it, but didn't realize that he knew it. It's one of those things like sometimes through through regressive hypnotherapy you can realize that you saw something even if you don't remember seeing it. At
1: I'd all. like to imagine that he knew it all along and was just like, let's see how this plays out. Oh, he's
0: so mean.
1: He's he's a little trickster. <laughs> he's
0: <is> a trickster. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I really like this episode. That's a great episode. Yeah.
0: Though. Yeah. Daddy's little conspiracist nut.
1: <laughs> I will still stand by that theory that Abed knew who took the pen, but but would never say anything.
0: Yeah, he's devious. Yeah, that's a very devious one. <laughs> um. So next, um, I I finally get a chance to get Patrick, Aunt Kevin. And Uncle Chuck together to film the Six Million Dollar Man favorite episodes. Which, if you remember, we only recorded that episode one time. Yeah. There were never any issues. Definitely not. With technical stuff. Absolutely not. And definitely not showing up with all the equipment needed. Like, I don't know, a power cord or something. This was the only time we recorded it. Definitely. And I don't know what Uncle Chuck thinks. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But we did talk about the Venus Probe and Mm -hmm. some issues with the Venus Probe. Yeah. Which, you know. We're going to talk, just review about here. Okay. <laughs> so it was a death Probe part one
3: and, and part two. And part two, because it mm. was two parters. Again, Uh Patrick's favorite, you know. Um Season four, episode 1314, uh, 1977, yes. Star Wars. A Russian probe crash lands in Wyoming. Yep. Why Wyoming? We don't, we don't know, but it does. Um Steve and Oscar are dispatched to go check it out and see what's going on.
0: Yeah, like Oscar's really going to do anything. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> it's a... Uh, It's this incredible probe that's pretty much indestructible.
0: It was sent to Venus, right?
3: Yeah, and it crashed land on Earth. Mm -hmm. Right, correct. Man, that was off course. Um, (laughs) What? Big time,
0: huh? I mean, nobody goes to Wyoming Wyoming on purpose.
3: (laughs) Take a left turn at Mars and it (laughs) hits straight to Wyoming. (laughs) But it's pretty much indestructible. Of course, Steve has to fight it. Um, And as a kid, this thing scared the crap out of me. Yes. You know, it was was scary. Um,
0: And what a great toy. Oh.
3: Which nobody ever owned because it was so rare. So rare. <laughs> you know, but uh, of course Steve ends up figuring out a way to stop it.
0: Death
15: As, from above.
3: Uh, John Delancey's in this one too. Another episode with John Delancey, uh, the famous Q. Uh, but great episode, just scary and fun. And of course they made a, a sequel, right? Return right. of Death Probe or something. Something like that. Yeah. Um,
0: or the seven million dollar Death Probe. Seven million. Oh, <laughs> I, it might have been remember. eight
3: by then. Yeah.
13: I'm not sure. What well, yeah. do you think? It crashed because the Russians. It was not in the cold and it malfunctioned. The weren't
12: quite
0: right. Nobody thought about that when they yeah. were shooting it out into space. Yeah, nobody thought it. You know, we're yeah. too hard on, on, on Rudy and Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> we really are. And this thing was huge. It know? was.
1: <laughs> Wyoming is the second Area 51. It's the real Area 51, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I will stand by this. Name. Name. One spectacular thing that's come from Wyoming. (laughs) And you you know what? You know what? I'll name it for you. (laughs) And you know what? His name is Harrison Ford. And you know what? Harrison Ford was in the Star Wars movies. You know why? Because he had an an above average...
0: Cleft in his chin. no,
1: he had he <laughs> an, an, a knowledge of aliens and how they function, and that's why he was cast in the role, oh. because Wyoming is the real Area 51, and that's where all the aliens are. And th- wouldn't it be weird that in the $6 million man episode, that a probe that was for space, for aliens, landed in Wyoming?
0: I know, right. The, the state that doesn't exist, Correct.
1: No, it does exist. Oh, it does? It just doesn't exist for the purposes we think. Oh. Okay. You know, Wyoming has only three electoral votes. Uh-huh. Okay? All because right. most of the people there aren't people. They're aliens. Are
0: they the gray-skinned aliens or the green-skinned? Or are they part of our lizard overlords?
1: No, I, that's the Illuminati.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry. I get those confused.
1: Yeah, it's, it's confusing. Oh,
0: okay. Well... I'm going to follow up episode 26's Six Million Dollar Man story Mm -hmm. with episode 27's Six Million Dollar Man
1: story. Uh, Yes.
0: Because Lee and I talked about the best toys we never got, Uh which really should have been the best toys that we never asked for after we discussed it a little (laughs) bit. But this is where I learned an important life lesson. And I'm now going to re-impart that to you, gentle listeners. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. So, of course being that we're pretty close to the same age, uh, you had to be a $6 million man fan. And if not, we could end the podcast now. (laughs) But I had several of the $6 million man things. I didn't have a ton of them. So this is the time that I want to take a quick little side jaunt here to tell you a story about the most valuable lesson I ever learned was when I got for Christmas, the bionic, Manned the bionic mission vehicle that you could put him in and it had a little winch that would come down and they would grab the uranium or whatever for him to save the day and and i remember it. i remember it close my eyes i could see the living room um and open it up the box and, there's that toy you know and my dad my dad the voice of reasons like okay well let's let's take you know the instructions and let's put on the stick no 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 dad i know how this works i've seen the commercial like a million times oh. he's like well yeah but let's see no 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 i got it and so you i grabbed it and i grabbed the little winch and i yanked it. you can, i could still hear the little plastic snapping like dry bones in the fall and That was it. I broke all the spokes on it and it never worked. Oh, no. Yeah, so I always, always read the instructions now.
1: You should have read the instructions.
0: I know. That's the life lesson. I should read the instructions. And now I do. Even when it's an IKEA package, Mm. I still read the instructions. I open the instruction up and I go, Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, thank you. So, we then go back to T-Gen's world. Mm-hmm. But this time, we're not talking about sharks. We're talking about more sharks. <laughs> psych. <laughs> see what I did there? Because it was psych um, TV episodes. Yeah? I
1: see what you did oh, there.
0: Yeah, I've seen it both ways. <laughs> and T-Gen tells us the story about when her parents... Uh, Helped her to learn Spanish by watching Univision.
9: (laughs) Number five, lights, camera, homicidio. I did fail high school Spanish. So I want, (laughs) if I butchered that, and I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, That's season two, episode 13, where Sean goes undercover and actually becomes an actor briefly on a Spanish telenovela. And I have a very funny story about that. A personal story. I did fail. High school Spanish. And as punishment, my parents made me watch uh, Univision one summer. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And I always watched the soap opera Tres Generaciones, mm-hmm. and I loved it, and it was ex- it was great until my mother came home and watched and saw some of the adult themes on Trace generation <laughs> And next thing you know, I had cable, so it kind of well, worked out. Yeah, you know. yeah. um, but um, I, I could see
0: Jackie walking in
9: What? what? <laughs> That's on what? <laughs> um, but there's all kinds of Easter eggs. I mean, the overacting uh, by James I'm Sorry, wait a minute. Eric! <laughs> Eric, get in here! Do you know what she's watching? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't speak Spanish either, so I think I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But
5: please continue.
9: But uh, but anyway, the overacting was great.
0: Do Do you think she meant my overacting or the one on TV? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What?
1: <laughs> Aaron, get in here!
0: I don't know. I just see it in my head. Every- Definitely. <laughs> so next, we went to another really incredibly important episode to me. Like I talked about way back in episode four, mm-hmm. um, I've had some uh, a few very influential people um, so far in my life, uh, podcasters, that yes. made me want to do what I wanted to do. So, we talked about Phantom Dark Dave, who's now a friend, and he's a friend of the show. Mm-hmm. And finally, I was able to get Hope and George <gasps> from Fright Club. I tell you, I was as Giddy as a schoolgirl. <laughs> that's pretty giddy, right? Because you're still yeah. a schoolgirl.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So is that, that's pretty giddy, huh?
1: You can be pretty giddy as a okay. schoolgirl. That's, that's
0: how giddy it was. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I was so excited and so nervous, which is really weird because by this time I'd done almost 30 episodes. Yeah. But when they came on, I was just like, blah, 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 blah.
2: <laughs>
0: But, uh, <laughs> so I told them a quick story about seeing some Funkos, mm-hmm. which, um came kind of off in whole Duran Duran story. RewindColumbus.com
7: is my uh, my main station I'm on. It's basically 80s, 90s, some 70s music too. Classic hits, as they say. Duran Duran. Duran Duran,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just saw the Funko Duran Durans came out this week.
4: Oh, and- oh Funko. Oh, I see a Christmas wish left.
0: <laughs> <laughs> had to take my wife was shopping in another place so I took pictures of all of them because she's a huge Nick Rhodes fan so
4: oh okay yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, I have a twin sister Joy and she got Nick Rhodes I have John Taylor because uh, thinking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm an Andy Taylor guy what can I say
7: okay <laughs> all right you're the one Number one. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, years ago, years ago, it was probably the highlight of my career in radio from her perspective. I was able to get her backstage to meet Duran Duran. So I think that was the the top of the the mountain.
0: Yeah. Mm, Wow. Well, it's, you know, (laughs) she's still with you, so you're doing something right. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. I know, right? That's (laughs) dunked. Yeah. I loved them so much. They were, <laughs> they're so just warm, and they made me feel like a pro, you know? And so, yeah. if you guys are listening, I want you to know, I love you. <laughs> so, okay. And then to round up the rest of the, of the year of normal, if fade 5 can ever be considered normal, <laughs> episodes, I got to bring Patrick back, but with his podcast co-host Ooh. from Pop Ninja... <gasps> Lisa. Ooh. And so we start talking about our favorite Saturday morning cartoons from back when we were young.
2: Nice.
0: And um, it's, it, it, it gets interesting. Let, let's, <laughs> let's, let's listen.
8: But uh, I want to bring up this name again, Robert Ridgely. <laughs> he was the voice of Tarzan, Flash Gordon, General Ross, and Thundar. Man, wow. Like, yeah, he's like hitting all my favorite shows. He was the uh, the voice of all these characters.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah you can create you a fan watch- club.
8: Yeah, what a legend this guy was! And, yeah, you know the the legacy of cartoons he, he left behind for everybody. Yeah, just an amazing show to me. And uh, and did I ever tell y'all that uh, this one time I wrestled a giraffe to the ground with my bare hands? Oh, no, it but doesn't I have could... anything to do with Thunder. I just <laughs> thought I would share that. You wrestled so, him. You wrestled them. them. You wrestled
0: him. Yeah, <laughs> that's a southern <laughs> southern Rassling. wrestling. And this episode of Southern Dialect brought to you by, <laughs> by Southern Living Magazine.
1: Yeah. I I, um, I, definitely believe that he wrestled a giraffe to the ground. Oh, I do too. Definitely. Well, Absolutely. A story
0: didn't, oh, no, no, no. That
1: he would guy. never lie. No, never lie. He would never, never lie. lie.
0: Mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay. So, that one was special because that was the the last normal episode of Fave Five from fans. Quote,
1: unquote, normal
0: Okay, that's true. What episode really is normal? Of 2020. And then we go into our special four-episode arc all about Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. The first one being The Return of your friend and ours, Miss wow. Tiffany Dematre. And she brings a guest with her this time. Ooh. Her <laughs> hubby, Chris. Chris has some really interesting ideas about a favored Christmas movie. Ooh. Yeah, let's hear what movie it is. You think it's Santa Claus is coming to town?
10: I don't know. Think it's Rudolph? I don't know. It's not. Pretty funny. uh Huh? Because we have a pop figure of this that goes under our Christmas tree <laughs> to pay homage
12: to the most controversial Christmas movie of all time, which oh, is Die Hard. Die Hard. So, what is your thought? Is it a Christmas movie, or is it not a Christmas movie? Well,
0: yes, of course, it's a Christmas movie. It takes place at Christmas. I mean, it's it's one of. I mean, he gives he gives so many gifts throughout that entire movie. I mean, he gives them brass and lead and plastique, you know, just like the three wise men.
11: Yeah, <laughs> and he gives the policeman the. Uh, he gives him evidence, right? When That's he throws, right. When he throws the uh, the guy out the window.
0: Yep. Yep.
10: <laughs> I like The Literature Connection.
11: Oh,
0: to tell.
10: Yes. <laughs> it kind of discussed him, but <laughs> <laughs> the movie was supposed to take place over three days. Uh-huh. But the director was inspired by Midsummer Night's Dream.
0: And okay. And decided
10: to have the whole movie take place in one night.
0: Wow. So he rewrote it. I'd never heard that before.
10: Yeah. I kind of like The Literature Connection.
0: Yeah, that is cool.
10: He's trying to woo oh. me over.
11: Yeah, I, he <laughs> is. Actually, is <laughs> no. for everybody.
0: It is. It's got. It's a love story. You know, it's a, it's a Christmas story. It's a buddy movie. I mean, come on. You know,
10: loosely based on Shakespeare. Hmm. Loosely, loo-
1: I mean, you know, loosely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. You know, you know him, huh?
1: Yeah, Mister, Mister, Mr. Mister husband.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. (laughs) He and I are going to get together and do an episode of our own. Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, So next, we decide to talk about, after the warm, fuzzy Christmas movies, like Die Hard, um, (laughs) to bring in, across the pond again, Neil Frazier, to talk about Father Christmas. I'm sorry, that was a horrible
1: British Don't do that. Yeah, I'm not
0: going to. I'm just going to shut up and let him do the accent. Okay sort of stalky things um there's so
15: much in sort of modern day horrors and slashes that that you can thank black christmas for and Mm -hmm. another interesting thing to listen out for is whenever the phone goes somebody dies so there's a Mm. couple of scenes where you think somebody's going to die but the phone hasn't gone off so they they actually don't um which is why the ending is so up in the air because She's sleeping, and as the camera pulls away and pulls away, you you can hear a phone ring just as the camera pulls right away, and it leaves you like, ah. Ah. So once you know that when the phone rings, somebody dies, it's like, did she? Yeah, that's great. Uh, I didn't know all this because uh, I was supposed to record an episode with Dave last Christmas about Mm -hmm. Black Christmas, and so I had all these... I should have dug out my my file of, of like the four pages of, of facts oh, that I wrote down about it, and then we never actually recorded it. So, um, um,
0: oh, that British accent is smooth. Oh, so smooth like <laughs> silk.
1: Hey, do you think? I mean, I know Christmas has passed, but do you think I could watch Black Christmas? Um, no. What? Why not? Um, uh, no. Why? Why not? Wait
0: till you're 23 and you go on your first date. But. Hush! I don't... Hush, hush, hush. Hush. I mean, I already,
1: like, know that she's how about, like...
0: How about I give you a present instead? It's a and pre- the, that's the present of your adopted mom, Kimberly. Talking about her favorite, one of her favorite Christmas songs. You're
1: just trying to avoid the subject. No,
0: I'm actually trying to misdirect. It's kind of a different thing. Take it away, Kim! I always like to feel like I bring someone in who knows more about the subject than I do. And, or has a, a more of a a love for the subject than I do. Uh, unless we're talking about Frank and Hooker. And then, you know, I'm pretty much the number one on that one. Uh, well, Neil <laughs> Fraser is becoming a big fan of that movie, uh, whether he likes it or not. But anyway, so don't worry about me. I am just here to entertain. And there's no better way to entertain me than to give me your number five.
1: Number five. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt this. Um, I have a terrible singing voice, just a little. A little disclaimer Are you here. you gonna sing for us? Maybe a little bit. Yay! Just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only hippopotamus will do. It's just—it's just the whimsy of the song.
0: That is a cool, I, I actually saw that come up in the list when I was doing my research, and I swear I don't think I've ever heard it before.
1: Really? Yeah. And
0: now I know I'm going to be disappointed when you hear the recorded version because it's not going to compare to that one that you just gave us. Yeah,
1: no, it almost—it sounds almost exactly the same. <laughs> the voice of an angel. The voice of an angel. Yes. Yeah.
0: Kim was so great. She was so enthusiastic. By the way, we should check to see if her new podcast is on yet. I think she started Ooh. a YouTube channel and a podcast list. And she's, you know, she's probably a super mega star right now. Probably. Yeah, she was awesome that episode. <laughs> um, so, did you forget about Black Christmas now? No. Damn. But, so, uh, moving on. Please. We now go saving
1: please. Please. the
0: best for last. Aww. The best for last.
1: Am I the best?
0: You are the best.
1: I'm but the best. not
0: only, and I'm not oh. just saying this because, you know, you're in the room and you're the fruit of my loins. I will say that this was probably the most surprising, shocking pull of <laughs> all 30 episodes. When we were doing our fave five Santas and you got, I think, to your number
1: three. Yeah, number three.
0: And this is what you pull out.
1: I know. Uh, quick side note, my, Sure. my candy cane just broke. Whoa. Oh my gosh! And I'm trying to fix it, but it's not it's not going great. Oh,
0: I am so sorry. Thank you. You're welcome. Would it telling me your number three help you? I think so. Well, let's try it and see what happens, Hufflepuff.
1: <laughs> so, my number three mm-hmm. will almost definitely not be any of the listeners' number three, because they just, they won't get it. You know, but my number three is Uncle John with the beard.
0: Oh, my God. You are so
1: right. I never even thought. I know. Oh, we I think we had this conversation about like. We did about what would be considered a Santa for this list. Yes. And you were like, it can be any Santa. It can be like a mall Santa. And as soon as you said that, I was like, Uncle John, Uncle John, Uncle John will be on this list.
0: That is awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> that his mind is blown. You're sorry. You, so, you know, last year we made him shirts. You know, I do remember the that. The red shirt that mm-hmm. says Free Santa Hugs. And, I know exactly oh, what so I'm you, you guys just have to. So this is Lily's great uncle, mm-hmm. my father's brother, uh, um, and he has the big white beard, and he has the the, the joyous face and this wonderful the wonderful laugh and the love. voice of the angels, and could play a twelve string guitar like I could play a boombox, and <laughs> oh my god, that is such a great
1: pull. and, and he. And I remember I was on Facebook and I saw like he had like a picture and it said Happy Hanukkah, mm-hmm. and I turned to mom and I was like, Is Uncle John Jewish? And she's like, No, he just has love for everyone. He does. And like that's that's the perfect that Santa. Is Santa. Even though even though Santa's not Jewish, he still loves them, and that's exactly what Uncle John is. And I just think he's a great Santa. you could gonna make me cry, <laughs> Uncle John
0: with the beard.
1: I know that is awesome. Thank you. That definitely made me feel better.
0: It should because that is an awesome pull.
1: <laughs> oh, it's a, Dad. Look, Dad, we've talked I, about this. I know that he's the best no, Santa ever. <laughs> he can play twelve string guitar like you can play kazoo, not a boombox.
0: True. I do need to get kazoo lessons. Definitely. I wonder if the Great Kazoo plays the kazoo.
1: Probably. So that's a, a
0: question for Patrick, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so that brings us up to episode 35, and we're in 2021, and that's all of our episodes so far. Well, um... And thank you for cu- what? What?
1: Well, if this is the first episode of 2021, do you think you could tell us a, a little bit about what's going to be coming up in 2021?
0: What? You mean like a, like a sneak preview?
1: Yeah, like a sneak preview. Um... I don't... I don't. Please...
0: Okay, I can tell you a few things. You want me to tell you a few things? Yes, tell okay. us a few things. So, we've already got five episodes in the can,
1: mm-hmm.
0: plus one more, so that's six. Okay. And you're going to hear episodes this year. We're going to finish back up with Batman and TV and movies from your adopted uh, dad, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm bringing on a very old friend of mine, not that he's old, but we've been friends for, you know what I'm saying, he's probably yeah. middle-aged. Yeah. Uh, Gerald Frugier, and we're going to talk about our favorite Prince songs, Ooh-hmm. which was an incredibly hard list to make for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, Uncle Gus is going to be out back when we're going to talk about Androids and Robots.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: We have a three-sided episode. That is Mm -hmm. the first of five episodes that will be spaced out over 2021 Okay. with Uncle Panda, Lo, and Super Gus. Nice. And we're going to be talking about all five seasons of The Twilight Zone. Nice. And we'll be picking two episodes from each one. Cool. That's fun, because it's it's really interesting on people's different takes. And then, what is probably going to be my favorite episode of the year, even though it's only January. Your darling... Sister, and you got together and gave me, for Christmas, a Fave Five episode. Yes. I am so excited to have recorded this and get it in the (laughs) can. It is Fave Five Movie Siblings.
1: Fave Five Movie Siblings.
0: And it was a great idea. It
1: was so fun.
0: Just, you guys are awesome. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So I've got that, and then I've got some other things that are uh, that are brewing. Um, I'm going to have some new people on the show too. Uh, I hope to have um, a, a friend of mine from way back, uh, Jean Waller, to join me to talk about a very unique time for the two of us. We were real good friends, and we used to go to the movies a lot on the back of my motorcycle. Ooh. Well, actually, we would ride my motorcycle to where the movie theater was and then go sit inside.
1: Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah.
0: So, we're going to be talking about the films of 1984 to
1: 1990.
0: Nice. And just whatever our favorite ones. Phantom Dark Dave's going to be back for us to talk about a few things. You and I are going to be talking about movies with a... A twist.
1: A twist.
0: I've got um, the writer, director, producer, all-around pusher, Jed, to talk about Peter Lorre films.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: I've got your cousin, Hunter. He and I are going to do a retro video games episode.
1: Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's
0: going to be like old school, old school. Um, Miss Tiffany's going to be back. Tjen and Phantom, Dark Dave, and Jen Dreadful's going to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> um, Kevin's going to be back, and um, Angela, Damon's wife.
1: Ooh. We are going to be talking
0: about werewolf movies.
1: <gasps> oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, so
0: that's just some of the episodes that we're looking forward to. Um, and of course, we're still working on sporadic episodes of. Um, yeah. the complete disarray stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we are still, we've gone through uh, uh, woo, the first three episodes of Picard. Yeah. And we've also got one on you and I that did on Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And then one that uh, Pat and I did on Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Yeah. So lots of things to come out and look for in 2021. Um, I hope that you guys will come back and that you will Enjoy the show, listening to it, as much as we enjoy making the show. Yeah. Because it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's really a lot of fun. We hope that you like the new intro that Andy Usry did for us, and Andy is available to do your intros for podcasts or wedding songs or bar mitzvahs or, you know, whatever it is you need. Yeah, Uh, He's an all-around talented guy. And I think that's about it. Okay. Can you think of anything else we need to tell the gentle listeners out there?
1: I don't think so.
0: No, I don't think so either. But I think what we do need to tell them is that Faye 5 from fans is part of the SIP network. Yes. A band of brothers who get together and make some really cool stuff. And if you're interested in finding out about them, then you can search for us on... You remember where?
1: On... On... Uh... Uh, on the gram uh, on, oh under no, sit net no not the gram it's the gram not the gram oh
0: you love the gram <sighs> okay sorry i'll stop <laughs> <laughs> well thank y'all for joining us this has been a blast and we're looking forward to 2021 being an awesome year yeah. Down with covid Um, The sun's going to shine again. I mean,
1: these last seven days have been pretty hectic. but They
0: have been. It's it's
1: fine. Yeah. Maybe we'll just get it all over in the first month and it'll be good.
0: It's going to be good. We're getting it all out of our system. Yeah. That's right. Definitely. All right. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you out there for joining us and listening to us. Remember to rate and review and find us and all that good stuff. And um, I guess this wraps it up. Lily, tell the good people out there good night.
1: Good night, but if you're watching this in the morning, good morning. Or if you're watching this in the afternoon, good afternoon.
0: What about if it's like three thirty or four o'clock? Is that it would, still
1: that would be afternoon. afternoon. Okay. Yeah.
0: When does it become never mind, we'll talk about that later.
1: It becomes afternoon at twelve o one.
0: Oh, but when does it become evening is what I'm saying?
1: When does it become evening? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Okay, makes sense. Yes. All right.
0: This is Hulk Boy from Hollywood signing off.
1: Bye now. Bye. Do you want me to play you out? Yeah, that would be cool. we go back. Happy birthday to you. No. Happy birthday to you. Waka, 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 waka. Happy birthday to Faye 5 from Faye. Oh, my God. Happy birthday to you. You made me a okay. cake. And many more episodes. i go
2: straight
0: to my hips. <laughs> Ha ha ha.